1: Evidence is clear that many boys with absent fathers are more likely to struggle in school and more. Stay tuned for this conversation with the director of Lads Need Dads. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast and we are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. As always, thank you for being our listeners and thank you for supporting our sponsors. Boys with absent fathers have a tougher road. Maybe not every boy, but the evidence is clear that many boys with absent fathers or without a strong father figure are more likely to struggle in school, more likely to drop out, and more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Lads need dads is on the forefront of exploring the perception that teachers have about boys who have less involved fathers. Understanding the impact this has, they've developed proactive steps to support and add resources for boys with absent fathers. These are familiar issues in the U.S. And our guest today comes from the U.K., where, guess what, the issues and challenges are the same. This is a global problem. Sonia Shaljean is the director of the UK organization, Lads Need Dads. They are confronting the issues of fatherlessness and supporting changes within the educational system by creating programming that directly engages boys, including a strong program of mentorship. Sonia, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to have you. And you are also the mom of three sons. That's right.
2: Yeah. 19,
1: well, 17, 19 and 22. That's great. Our our longtime listeners will know that Jen's sons are right in that in that ballpark. So you two have a lot in common. I will say that our my beloved co-host will not be joining us today. So it's you and me. So let's dive in. So Sonia, you worked in the fields of criminal justice, domestic abuse, anger management, homelessness for over 20 years. So how did that, how did all that track and lead you into
2: uh, working with this issue of fatherlessness? Okay, so the first thing I recognized in all of those fields were males were overrepresented. You know, they were dominated by men, all the statistics. And uh, all of the clients I worked with were mainly male, except when it was in domestic abuse, when the majority were female victims, but male perpetrators. And uh, what I kept on finding throughout my career was uh, not only were men overrepresented, but many of them had no father growing up or had a poor experience of father. So I got to thinking, hang on, if there's this very common factor across the board with all these social issues why are we not doing more about it to prevent the next generation of young men becoming men who maybe um go into broken relationships or become um, problematic in society or have uh, alcohol or drug dependence or or just don't really achieve in life you know mm-hmm. so um I kind of took a bit of a leap of faith after I would worked on a program that was, It was called the Troubled Families Programme. It was a government run scheme about 10 years ago, addressing the most complex families in the UK. And my job was to set up a mentoring scheme to support the family. It was there that I identified how many single parents were struggling and how many mums were just pulling their hair out, not knowing what to do with their Mm. sons. At that point, I thought, this is it. This is the project I want to set up. I want a project. That can help support young men who, for no fault of their own, are in a fatherless situation, but also support the mothers of those young men because the mums were really struggling too. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a program that predominantly was supporting the the boys, but behind the scenes was supporting the mums, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I did. That's when Lads Need Dads was birthed, really, in mm-hmm. two thousand and fifteen. Wow. And giving birth to something like this is not easy.
1: You really have to pull in a lot of resources and support. And um, I love that you are working directly with the boys and the moms too. I mean, Jen and I have said for years, like being a solo mom of boys has its own specific set of challenges and trying to understand our our young ones and our tweens and teens too so but having that direct contact with boys is
2: super important tell us more about what that looks like okay so obviously at the time i looked around and thought who else is doing this in the uk you know when you mm-hmm. write your business plan you look at your SWOT you look at your strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats you know and I looked around and realized nobody was doing anything in the yeah. whole of the UK no one was addressing this issue of the absent father there were mentoring programs scattered around but they weren't specifically addressing the impact of the absent father on boys they were mentoring per se you know with young people boys girls and they were all one-to-one in their approach and what mm-hmm. I wanted to create was a group program, because mm-hmm. boys really engage well in that kind of group pack mentality, really. Yes. But it's, it's something very powerful about boys when they come together, but even more powerful when they come together with men. So being a group worker for many, many years, I've seen the power of group. So I absolutely knew that the program I was going to write and develop would be group work based. Mm-hmm. And that it wouldn't be huge groups of boys, it would be manageable groups where boys don't get lost, where the quiet ones don't disappear and the loud ones rise to the top, you know. And the best model that I've worked with are groups of eight. So I thought I'm gonna create a, a model that's a group of eight boys with four volunteer mentors who are men from the community and a facilitator. So 13 was the ma- magic number. I literally went to something called the School of Entrepreneurs, which is like a dragon's den. So you give your idea. And I had 10 minutes to pitch. And I couldn't use a PowerPoint. I just had to use the power of words. And I stood there and told them my idea. And if I was successful, they would give me £4,000. That's all. And a year's kind of mentoring myself. So I pitched. I was so excited. I left the room completely on fire because I, I absolutely believed that this would work from all my experiences tied together. And I got a place on the program, and I got my four thousand pounds, which is not a lot of money. <laughs> set up the program, and I had. I'm married to um, a teacher. He's also a behavior specialist, and he has lots of contacts with the schools, which was a bonus when it came mm-hmm. to trying to do. Our first school, work with our first school and pilot the idea. We approached a local school which is in an area of real deprivation and lots of social issues. We thought if we can run it there, we can run it anywhere. Mm-hmm. We tried our program in that particular school. The program is an 18 month program. So the first six months we work in school and then after that we work in the community. But well, that's still a long time. For most programs, they're three months or right. You know, but ours was 18 months split into three six month programs. The first six months was a group work development program where we explored what impacts boys, you know, life. we just looked at life together and we particularly um, focused on managing emotions, understanding what emotions are, anger, conflict in the home, bullying, managing stress, healthy relationships, gender stereotypes, everything you could think of really we had six months which was a good generous amount of time
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and alongside that we did lots of outdoor activities you know bushcraft sailing fishing anything we could really do to stretch them to get the boys to take risks Mm -hmm. because a lot of boys we find that we work with often the mothers are very protective uh, almost helicopter parents if that's the word that you use over in america yes they have this fear that if he goes out on his bike, he'll get run over. Or if he climbs a tree, he'll fall out and break his leg, you know. And that's why it's so important to work with the mothers, to kind of come alongside and say, look, they're in good care. We'll look after them. We won't take too many risks, but we will let them fly a bit. Because mm-hmm. they're like birds with clipped wings, some of the boys. They've never taken risks. They don't They they don't want to get dirty in case they get told off for coming in with muddy legs, you know. And actually, boys naturally are made to take you know to be that they've got more testosterone they're they're more risk-taking by nature Mm -hmm. so um because they've not been dad around to do the rough and tumble play and take those risks and assure mum that you know little billy's okay if he goes down the slide on his um skateboard (laughs) (laughs) um, that someone will be there to catch little billy out of the tree if he falls you know the mums need a lot of reassurance but Mm -hmm. They, they learn to trust us and they allow us to to help their boys. And they see them changing literally overnight in their confidence and their motivation. And just their, their, the way they talk to their mums, they, they open up more. They say, wow, I can't believe the change in, in my son now. He actually sits down and talks to me about how he feels. Whereas before he just shut down, went to his bedroom and never spoke to me. Mm-hmm. So the relationship between mum and son is... is it is impacted positively too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the school program. And then the community program is where we teach them practical life skills that maybe dad if he was around or granddad Uh, might might have shown him to do like how to fix a puncture on the bike, how to um polish their shoes or tie a tie or shave or you know woodwork, all sorts, how to be a DJ, how to cook (laughs) a three-course meal, you name it, we kind of cover everything. And um, then at the weekends they go out and do volunteering in the community. So they help other single mothers or elderly or people with a disability with jobs in their garden or decorating or patio jet washing, you name it. Mm-hmm. That really gives the boys a sense of achievement, personal satisfaction. It grows their ability to be empath, and em- you know, empathetic to other people, maybe in a worse position than them. And uh it gets them out of bed in the morning on a Saturday so they're not, yeah. you know, lying around or going on their old Xbox, you know. And they learn alongside their mentors, you know, um, how to do things and their communication skills are better and their confidence in themselves. So that's the second part. And then quickly, the third part is called Inspire. The middle part's called Engage. The third part's called Inspire, where we um, train the boys up to be peer mentors to each other, to support each other, so that there's that sustainability not just relying on us when we're not there, they've got each other. Um, We have guest speakers coming from all over the country and world now because we've got the amazing Zoom that we've all made the Mm -hmm. most of, um, who can come and talk to them about their life, an adventure they've been on, maybe something, a life lesson that they've overcome that they don't want the boys to repeat because we want to show the boys the good, the bad and the ugly, you know? We Mm -hmm. want them to know um, not just how success looks, but how failure could look if you went potentially down that road, that road of choice. So um, and then by that time, they've they've grown through their adolescence, they they're getting older, more mature, um, they become ambassadors, which means that they can stay with us until they're ready to go to college or have a job. So 18, 19. So potentially they can start with us at 11 and leave at 18 or 19. So you get yeah. them when little boys with little chubby cheeks and <laughs> and they're leaving us men with beards and deep voices seeing- yeah it's amazing it is a really lovely feeling and i've even got one of them, the first boys i ever ever assessed called toby um he's now a mentor with us and he's oh. now a man with a beard <laughs> <laughs> when he was just a little boy with a lovely lovely face coming in with tears in his eyes um now, as a mentor with us, you know, it's it's a really humbling experience. I just love working with them. it's It's very humbling,
1: well, it's amazing the breadth of your program. As you said, you know, sometimes programs are three months at the most, or they go off to summer camp for a couple weeks and and that's it. And to have this expanse of time, as you said, you know, to come in with chubby cheeks and go out with, you know, starting to get some stubble and and <laughs> moving through that really difficult time, because we know, you know, starting around 11, 12, many moms start to feel this distance beginning yep. to develop and we know that our boys are designed to pull away and that's often right. that's when they have you know if there is a dad or a father figure that's who they turn to and that's, that's who all. they're looking yeah. at and so that's to right. provide these um relationships and uh, you know your group size of eight boys with four to five men wow You know, I mean, I wish every boy could have this, whether they had a father or not.
2: Yeah, the amount of people who say, can my son come on, even though he's got a dad? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. My sons have got dads. And sometimes I say to them, do you want to come along to this this event or this day out that we go out? Because we take the boys on activities and days out. um, Because... We like, in fact, the early days. Our sons took part in everything because we didn't want them to feel left out. We wanted their opinion, so we'd say, "What do you think of this activity? Is it any good? Do you think boys will like it?" Mm-hmm. So we kind of we've created it as a family together, really, um, and it's been really important that they've been on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. Um, now they, the name Lazni does, is banned from the, te- the dinner table because I talk about it too much. <laughs> they just say, "Try and get to room <laughs> without mentioning work." But it's work and it's work but as it's you know work, it's, it's, the bouquet, it's a calling it's, yeah it's total calling. this is this is my mission in life is to yeah. um raise awareness about the impact of um the absent father but the importance that father's play in the role of our children's lives and mm. and um that's the battle actually that i'm up against in in this country at least mm-hmm. because You could throw loads of money at me and say, hey, that's a great program. It's really successful. You've got great outcomes and you've got living proof that it works. But it's taken time and dedication to drill through the hard ground. And it's really hard ground because getting people to recognize that this is a need Mm -hmm. that actually boys. Well, we all need dads, don't we? But boys in particular, can be impacted very negatively without a positive father figure in their life because we live in a society now that almost can live without you know women have been empowered to the point we don't need to rely on a man to provide for us anymore Mm -hmm. you know um, like years ago you you know you you were a a home stay at home mom maybe and dad went out to work he was a breadwinner the roles of men and women have very much changed and um, you know men I'm sure fathers men feel a little bit redundant to their purpose in life, which is really, really sad. So sometimes some single mums kind of probably think, well, why do why do I need to put my son on that program? Lads mm-hmm. don't need dads, they've got me. Right,
1: right. And we know, you and I know, our listeners know, our boys need both. This reminds me of a talk that I gave. Oh my gosh, probably now eight years ago. Full House did my talk. Had a um a a lesbian couple, two moms, stand up at the Q and A time, and and they said, you know, I this feels very heteronormative, and I and out, you know, we can provide everything for our our son. Are you saying that you know having two moms is is not you know, that we can't give him all he needs. And truly, I mean, I'm hardly ever speechless, but I just kind of stood there. My brain's just running. Like, how do I, how do I be diplomatic about this? And at that moment, right sitting right behind them was a man, a young man. He was probably like Mm twenties and he stood up and he said, I have two moms and I can tell you, I needed men in my life too."
2: Wow. And I, I was like, oh, thank they you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. We have, we have um, boys on our program that have got two moms. And um, I take my hat off to them that they recognize the need for the male input that they can't give. Because at the end of the day, they're women, not men. And boys need both. But particularly through the adolescent years, the boys yes. really do need that male influence. Because it, you can feel redundant as a mom. I have. My, mm-hmm. my boys just need me now for clean underwear, money on their their <laughs> card or money in the bank and, um, you know, lifts to places. Right. And that's about my job. That's my job now. Whereas my husband, he really s- stepped up into that. Mm-hmm. You know, they need even just walking to the shop late at night with dad for a chat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that they miss out on boys that don't have dads or going for a, a bike ride on a Sunday afternoon or because actually they're only interested for a few years to spend time with you as well that's what I would say they get Mm -hmm. to the point where their friends become more important than their family that's That's who their their pack is mm -hmm. so you only have a finite amount of time to spend that quality time with your boys and then you're kind of invisible to them for a few years and then they come back that's the important part then they come
1: back they come back they really really do we are going to pause for a moment to hear these messages from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with Sonia Shaljean of ladsneeddads.org and hear about her work and how it impacts in schools. This episode is sponsored by By Heart.
0: Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart baby formula. ByHeart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and ByHeart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on ByHeart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only US-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's b y h e a r t.com/podcast and it is 10% off your first order. byheart.com/podcast This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Deal with it.
0: And not only are our
1: mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons. Entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony,
0: which is oof. Cruel joke, well. Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth. You can access care From your home when it is convenient for you. Visit
1: buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy. Um, so you have brought this program into schools. Talk about
2: teachers, what they see. Okay. So before we work, we work in a school, we asked the the school to take part in a survey. The the survey questions are on our website from the research we've just conducted across some schools in Essex. And we want to know the school teachers' opinion of, do they think there's a link between maybe disruptive behavior, underachievement, attendance and school exclusion and boys that don't have a father in their life? And the results were astounding, like in that late 80, 80, 90% of yes, yes, yes you know to these questions so the school teachers are recognizing this right but there's not been anything formalized by government you know or local authorities to actually address the fact that these boys are high risk if they Mm. go if I was a head teacher and I looked down my list of boys coming into my school and girls I want to know who are the ones without a dad because I know that that boy is a, a high risk of not doing so well at school potentially, of potentially having mental health issues, uh, low lack of motivation, low self-esteem, um, lack of confidence, all of those issues and potentially disruptive behavior not having good emotional regulation. Now I'm not saying all boys with absent fathers because I have to say at this point there are protective factors in boys' lives that can counter some of those negative impacts such as having a supportive mother who isn't complex and has hasn't got chaotic uh, issues of her own, Mm -hmm. which can massively impact the welfare of the boy. Mm -hmm. Um, Other male family members that are proactive in that child's life, uh, sports and coaches and mentors outside of the family home, they're all protective factors for that child. And they may not ever come under the a notice of teachers as being problematic in any way they could be top set children doing mm-hmm. who are doing really well academically but I would say they might not have everything off the list of what impacts them but they would definitely have something so it could be little Billy's really clever high achieving child teachers would never think that he would need a program of support but actually at home he's he's got poor body image low self-esteem Um, doesn't have a strong friendship group doesn't believe in himself Mm -hmm. is arguing with his sister and putting her down a lot and getting into angry you know confrontations with mom but at school he keeps a lid on it and he's billy the clever kid who nobody says anything to because he just gets on with his work Mm -hmm. you know but -hmm. actually he's really really struggling with relationships at home so he is just as in need of having a space on our program as the boy who's constantly being excluded, constantly being given detentions and falling out and getting into conflict in school. They both deserve a place and they both have different issues that they'll come with. But the common denominator denominator with all of them is that they have no dad in their life who's active. Mm -hmm. And that is the one leveler in our group, which is, amazing to witness you could have a boy from a very poor um deprived area in a a very low income background who's not high achieving academically in the same group as a high achieving boy from a very rich background with a mom who's a professor at the university and they become friends in that group Mm -hmm. because they have this shared experience Mm -hmm. that they're walking this journey together on on this road together, having these experiences of going to things together, learning together, and they can become lifelong friends from what we've seen. And that is the leveler. And that is what I find amazing about group work, because these boys get to understand the lives of other boys and increase their ability to to have empathy and their emotional intelligence increases and their tolerance for different Mm-hmm. We have boys with autism on the program that have got absolutely no friends. They come to us and their mum says, I've struggled so much to get him to school because he's so anxious. He has no friends. He's so lonely. But he loves coming to Las Need Dads because he feels he has a friendship group where he's yeah. accepted, where he belongs, where he's loved. Mm-hmm. And he might even be his best friends with one of the boys who's the alpha male in his year, who's the cocksure kind of hard kid. Uh-huh. We have to like you know, kind of help him with his anger because he's used to expressing and externalizing his pain rather Mm -hmm. than internalizing. Mm -hmm. And they become friends, two kids that would never cross paths in a million years or one would be scared of the other. They're friends. you know and that's a beautiful part about group work Mm -hmm. well and it's what we
1: see for parents how we encourage you know moms you've got to reach out there's people out there who are you know have a shared experience you don't have to do this alone and you're doing that for the boys you're giving them that crucial piece of you're not alone there yeah there's other boys who have absent fathers
2: and that's right, that's spot on. Because the one thing they say is, I don't feel alone anymore. I'm not the only one. Because mm. they they may be that boy who on sports day it's really painful for because all the dads are cheering on their friends and they look around and they have no dad cheering them on, you know. Yeah. And when they meet other boys who have experienced that, it's it's so bonding for them and quite healing for them almost to know that. Um, I'm not the only one. Uh, we we had this boat trip once, and one boy started to talk about his dad because we don't actually talk about dad immediately in the group. We don't want them to feel like the spotlight is on them. You know, we mm-hmm. don't want them to feel uncomfortable. But around month eight is what I've realised is the time they start to want to talk about dad And one boy said, "Yeah, my dad left when I was three. He went to the shop to get a pint of milk and never came back." And then the another boy he was talking to said. Well, that's really odd because my dad went when i was three and he went to buy a pint of milk and never came back and i thought oh, wow. wow you know wow. they've both had the same experience and they both laughed and said it wasn't the same dad was it
1: <laughs> <laughs> right that's but, what we're all thinking so yeah we're all thinking that but i'm so, also curious because we have in america we have a serious lack of males in early childhood education in kindergarten the preschool right. kindergarten early right. elementary what is uh, similar there because our boys need you know they need to see men they need to go to school and see someone who looks like them who yes. you know they can emulate what would you say is your
2: um i mean in a it's similar in in britain yeah, yeah. there's um probably well I don't I can't even say what the percentage is for like early years but it's very very minuscule and I think there's lots of reasons why that is maybe men will feel like women will think why are you doing this why are you working with young children that suspicion factor which Mm -hmm. keeps them away Um, and then when you look at infant school I remember in my son's school there was only one infant one male teacher and he was in year six you know age 10 and 11 years Mm -hmm all my boys had that teacher and they were so thrilled that they got him and then you look at I think it's 84 percent of primary school teachers are women in Britain mm-hmm. so you've only got small percentage that are men and then in secondary school there's a few more men but not as many as there should be at all it's dominated the teaching industry yeah. by women and yeah we need to do more about that and there's there's pros and cons from books I've read. There's books I've read, which have said there's no evidence that having a male teacher has any impact on the child's education. But is it all about education when mm, you're right. at school? Isn't school about learning about life as
1: well? Yes. Um, yeah, it's social, emotional. It's not it. just academic, right? So don't you
2: don't need to see in school what is reflected in society when they go out of school. You don't walk around with 85% women in the street, do you? It's 50-50. Mm-hmm. So I think we should at least have 50-50 in school to to reflect society. Mm-hmm. But we don't. And much more work needs to be done around awareness and recruitment and the importance of having men around um, in schools for young men. They need it desperately mm-hmm. like a sponge needs water. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so needed. A brief pause
1: for these messages from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
2: I like cute
0: clothes. I like having stylish outfits, and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out, and you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit onboys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month. And never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet.
1: As I was reading your website, Lads Need Dads, I saw that that you are a trustee with the Men and Boys Coalition, which I just thought, I mean, my brain kind of exploded because in America, we have so many commissions or councils, whatever you want to call them, for girls and women. There is a White House Council for girls and women, and we are still trying to get a White House Council for Boys and Men. It brings tears to my eyes. I can't even believe it. Tell us about what this uh, Men and Boys Coalition, that
2: sounds amazing, Sonia. (laughs) It's it's quite a small but national umbrella charity that really addresses the needs of boys and men where they're unmet. And we, we raise awareness. We will take it to Parliament and say, look, we need to address this. We've got lots of different organisations and individuals who work with men and boys affiliated to us, a bit like an umbrella body. And uh, we're involved with um, a group called the All Parliamentary Group for Men and Boys, which is a government group trying to address the fact that there is no minister for men like yourselves. Mm-hmm. There's no minister for men in you know in our parliament, and we want that. We've got minister for women, but we haven't got one for men, so... Uh-huh. Um, we're quite active in in those circles trying to create evidence for that and look at all men's issues not just fatherlessness um, mm-hmm. lots of different issues that impact men like health for example and suicide I mean men are overrepresented in all statistics homelessness you know mm-hmm. I worked in homelessness 85 percent of our homeless population are men Our prisons of to the brim of men the biggest killer of men is suicide you know you just look at the statistics they're they're so upsetting and if it was the other way around and it would they were related to women we'd be doing way more about it we Mm. would be like roaming the streets of westminster with our picket boards and saying we will need to we need to change this but there's an apathy i think when it comes to men's issues and acceptance and it shouldn't be that way Especially as a mother of three sons, I get very animated, mm-hmm. you know, when my sons come in and say, oh, my friend was mugged last night by three lads in a balaclava. And I'd say, what? What? in Whereabouts? Well, it was broad daylight. Has he reported that? Oh, no, he's not bothered. Why has he not reported it? Because no, nothing will be done. Mm-hmm. And they have this apathy that young people think that nothing will really be done about anything that's done to them, particularly mm-hmm. when it's a boy to a boy. So, that whole attitude needs to change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, boys need to be supported and seen as the vulnerable gender that they actually are because we are failing them. We are Mm -hmm. failing them badly. And if we want our boys to treat other people better, they need to know that they're valued and that we need to treat them better so that they can treat others, you know, do unto others as you do unto yourself. So, you need, they need to feel. Cared for and, mm-hmm. and loved and valued for who they are, not just because they're going to come into contact with girls. Therefore, they should be better behaved. You right. Know, let's help our young men for the sake of themselves, not just how they'll impact and benefit females. Well, we are we are speaking the same language, Sonia, for
1: sure. <laughs> so, in the first months of your program, it sounds like you really focus on helping boys step into their emotional lives, into their emotional vocabulary. And, you know, raised by a mom, they probably have been over-talked, shall we say? Because moms love to talk and reason and explain. And um, I'm curious just what that experience is like. I know you're not personally in the groups with these boys, right? I am.
2: Oh, you are. Yeah, when I first set the program up, I was very much because I wrote it. So I had to see how it was received. So I was the facilitator and the mentors were the co facilitators. They helped the discussions. I left them to it when they mm-hmm. were discussing issues and feeding back. But I I'm kind of the jam in the bread. Mm-hmm. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's a good yeah. place to be, the jam in the bread. So
1: what was your I mean, you've seen you've had this uh expansive years to you know the first program and and laying that out and now you know you're you're seven years into this yeah talk about the i know we're all you know we want to be flies on the wall we're all curious what happens in the groups with the boys and Hmm. how does it start to unlock and what can we do as other adults moms dads around our boys
2: to help unlock that aspect of our boys increasing emotional intelligence is a major foundation of the work we do because a lot of our boys come and they're what you call emotionally literate you know they only know how to feel sad angry or indifferent and nothing else in between so we literally are teaching them a new language and we start off in very baby steps. So literally, we will get a pack of faces with different emotions on, sad, happy, embarrassed, you know, all the different array array of emotions, lay them out on the table, and we'll get the boys to go along, look at the table and choose a picture that relates to how they're feeling that day. I change them up. So sometimes it's just a face with no word on it. So they can create their own word or feeling but at the beginning we literally have to lay out all the different words and what they mean and then they'll choose one come and sit down and say today I'm feeling um, embarrassed because the teacher shouted at me in front of everybody for dropping a pencil on the floor and it actually wasn't me it was the boy behind me but then I got so embarrassed that I answered back and got sent out of the room you know and then Mm -hmm. so he'll talk about that and um We'll ask them to give a scale out of 10. So on out of scale of one to 10, one being um calm and 10 being very upset, you know, for example, where would you put yourself? So we get to know who in the room is a is a low number or a high number, who do we watch out for? And it sounds very, very basic, but actually they have to start off like that. It's like learning any language on Duolingo, mm-hmm. for example. You start okay. off on the very basic stuff and it's the same with words until eventually with emotions that we don't need the cards anymore, that they can say, well, I'm feeling like this. And out of 10, I'm a, I'm a seven, I'm feeling great today. Or I'm an eight, I'm actually a two because my dog died yesterday or, mm-hmm. you know? So, and what's really beautiful is when the boys um, are empathic to each other. We, have, um, we had one group where we had 50% of the boys had their fathers had died because oh. people don't think of absent fathers as absent as in died but that is very common in the referrals we receive about 35% overall of our referrals are because dad's died. So in this particular one group, we had 50%. um, So four out of eight of the boys and none of those four knew that they Uh had, their fathers had died. None of them had talked about it until it came out and then one opened up and then started to get upset. And another boy walked over and hugged him and then another boy said, well, my dad died too. And then they all started to realize they were in the same year group for a year together before they even knew that they all shared this similar thing in life, you know, this similar loss. Mm. It was so magical to witness, you know, and they've got very, very strong bond and friendships mm. now, those those boys, because okay. they share they share that together it's built like that really and then um so now I mean the boys who are 17 and 18 who we see in our open-ended group they just know they just slip into it naturally we don't Mm -hmm. even have you know they'll we can have a visitor coming along and they'll openly talk about how they feel and they won't be embarrassed it's just part of their language now it's part of their daily Mm -hmm. routine which I absolutely believe has saved lives it really has because now the boys feel able to talk. They know they're not embarrassed about their feelings, and they can talk to their friends, or they can talk to a teacher, or they can talk to their mom, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, put their hand up if they're in need. And they have done that, and and boys have admitted that if it wasn't for the program, they would have they wouldn't be here. Yeah, literally, some yeah. have had awful experiences mm-hmm. where. Their dads died and they want to follow them, or you mm-hmm. know, um, a friend's kill themselves, or or just them their mother's um got mental health issues or got drug problems, and they're a young carer for her, and they just mm-hmm. can't cope with the responsibility that life's given them. Yeah. They just want to take it and they know that we are there, we support them, not just in the group, outside of the group as well. We we literally will cater for whatever the need is and make sure that we're around for the the weekends Mm. in the evening if mum is in distress and and little billy's in need we'll do a home visit within 24 hours we're there you know within within two probably but we do we've got a lovely team of mentors you know a good therapeutic um team of managers who Mm -hmm. are social workers or um you know have a therapeutic behavior Mm -hmm. training um, Mm and background in schools yeah we know it's not just a it's not just a session a week and that's all that that, right that needs a lot more than that yeah
1: yeah well and that's the beauty of the length of your program we just spoke with Damon Brown and he works with boys adolescents and he was saying he's interviewed a lot of boys and he was saying that they're number one reason for not sharing how they feel is that they don't want to be a burden to others
2: I was just about to say that and especially boys with mums who are only children Mm -hmm. they won't they don't want to burden their mom they don't want her to be worried about them if she's worried about money or worried about um you know like paying the rent on time or anything they don't want to burden her so the mums often tell themselves well there's nothing wrong with Billy because exactly. he's never told me yeah he's never told me so everything's okay and it's like actually it's not okay because mm-hmm. he's just opened up and said "He, it's not okay and that is the problem when it comes to getting referrals because mums will tell themselves that their son is okay because if he wasn't he would have told her well, no, he wouldn't because exactly. he's yeah. protecting her from the truth. He's protect, mm-hmm. especially if it's about his dad. If dad left and he hurt mom, he does not want to tell mom that dad who she hates because she's hurt, he actually misses him. Exactly. He wants to see him.
0: Mm-hmm. He's desperate
2: to see him, but he dare not tell his mom. So he's holding all this pain inside him and swallowing it all down. And no wonder it becomes depression. No wonder he's no motivation and feeling just like he doesn't want to go into school or he doesn't want to face life. Uh, But then he can't confide in his mum. So who can he confide in? It's a catch-22. Yes. That's that's why it's so important to raise awareness with mothers. And that's our goal this year is to increase our awareness with single-parent mothers to say, look, he might be okay now. He's in primary school, you know, up to age 10. Mm-hmm. Just you wait until he hits puberty and the testosterone kicks in, and that little boy that you tucked into bed at night and read a story to and tickled his back will not be that little boy. Like in two years, won't even let you in the bedroom. Forget that. Right. Forget. Right. That. Look, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, and he will become a different person, and you need to be prepared for that. And we mm-hmm. want to help you get prepared for that. And it will mean learning how to give your son space how to knock on his bedroom door instead of bursting in to change his bedding or to do whatever or get clean washing away. You need to knock on the door, respect their privacy and you need to do things differently. And if right. you're a mother, a son and no one else, it's just you and him, that that relationship can be very intense, very intense and can be unhealthy in some cases where mum's offloading to son and son is like a little husband to her. And suddenly, the sun gets a girlfriend. And wow, then the fireworks really hit. Yes. Because her little boy is no longer her beloved little boy anymore. It's somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So you get all of that as well. So that's why we work long term, because we're there in the ups and the downs mm-hmm. and when it plateaus. And then it goes up again and down again. So how do you connect with the moms? Day one, we don't just interview the boys for a place and do an assessment. Uh, he only gets a place if mom agrees to be interviewed as well. Uh, so interview the mom. We ask her about a, quite a few questions about her son, any concerns she's got for him. Get some background information about dad. Only I meet the, the boy first and the mother afterwards, if we've agreed that the boy meets the criteria, not the other way around. So mm. um, we don't want to create a bond with mum and then have to let her down. So we'll we'll only meet the mum after we've met the boy and we meet them separately because he won't talk in front of mum Right, he won't be real or honest mm-hmm. because he's cagey about what he says. So then we meet the mum and say, look, we show her the results of the assessment we've done. Sometimes there are tears because she said, I didn't know he felt like that. Mm. I didn't realise that his, his emotional management well I did realize his emotional management was poor but he's actually recognizing it himself and it can be a very tearful moment when a realization like a light bulb goes on and goes gosh I didn't know he felt like this or if you get the mums who are indifferent and you know very prickly and think there's nothing wrong with him he doesn't Mm -hmm. need this Mm -hmm. then unfortunately as much as little Billy might need it we sometimes have to make that call that we can't work with him because we need mom to be on side. Because right. five years is a long time to work with a hostile mother. Mm-hmm. And if we help that boy to manage his emotions, reduce his anger, find a voice, find his purpose, and then he goes home to somebody that just completely undoes all the work, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. cruel. Like giving someone sights and then saying, well, put the sunglasses back on when you go home. It's absolutely key is the interview process for for the boy and the mother because the mother can reveal a lot that maybe Billy didn't reveal in his his interview or we can reflect back to her some of the things that he wasn't able to tell mum but that he's okay Mm -hmm. about letting her know. And then that relationship kind of gets off to a good start and we we put all the mums into a, a support group as well. It's an online group and then we meet like you know bi-monthly um, for coffee or um you know to do evaluations and of, of the boys or just something social. The mums come together and can talk online in a WhatsApp group or on the Facebook and talk to each other and say, oh, have you found this? Well yeah. you know they become friends as well because some of them are quite isolated. Yes. And um, we have a family worker that keeps in touch with them every week that will give them telephone contacts and just give them an update on how their sons getting on and any issues and they might talk about their own personal issues and they might get referred on to another agency to get support mm-hmm. or just want a cry or just a shout right.
1: yeah just to yeah. have somebody there that you know that yeah. will listen absolutely so so powerful i'm curious if you have a body of the work that you can share with other agencies in the U.S. I'm imagining there's listeners going, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! How do we tap into this? How do we uh, replicate
2: this?" Right. Well, it brings me on to my next point? Um, my vision is to create a "Lads Need Dads" foundation, right? So it's like an almost like a like a. Don't know if you have is it Walmart in America? I don't know, but over here we've got B and Q, which is a big DIY chain. Mm -hmm. So I want to create like a DIY foundation where you come along and you can take the tools and go away and do it yourself. Mm. So over the next two to three years, by 2025, my vision is that we can have a Lad's Need Dad's Foundation where we can try and have any projects across the world that are working with boys and fatherlessness to come under our roof and be affiliated and supported, share with other people their expertise I want us to be able to share our model and help other people set up their programs Mm -hmm. because we know that's the only way we're going to be able to address this. We obviously want to prevent fatherlessness happening in the first place. There'll always be broken relationships. Therefore, there'll always be fatherlessness. Mm -hmm. So we have to meet that need. My long term vision is to help equip and empower other people to do it. (laughs) I want to write a book and put all of my top tips on the do's and don'ts. You know, recruitment, for example, that's one of my strengths. So, we've had some of our mentors are still here after seven years. Wow. You know, you've got yeah. to ask yourself what well, and try trying to recruit men is a skill. It's a, yes, skill. It is. It's a skill, not yeah. just to recruit, but to retain. Yes. Skill. Mm-hmm. And my team are amazing and they are valued and they get personal satisfaction. We are like one big family, that's the way we operate. and. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a very low dropout rate. Men don't often leave once they're with us, or if they do, it's to re- to pursue a career in working with young men.
1: Sonia, your passion for this is very apparent. I love it. I love it. And tell our listeners where they can find more.
2: ladsneeddads.org. We've got some videos on there of some of the boys that have been through the program or are currently on it. You can hear from some of the mothers and their experiences. Yeah, all I would say is to any single mums out there who's got a son, just really embrace any help that can be offered to you regarding working with you, with him. I encourage him to engage in the community in sports or some kind of clubs where he'll have access to males. Martial arts is fantastic. We All of our boys engage in martial arts because it's a physical touch sport mm-hmm. where they get to express their energy and their physical you know their boundaries and they learn they learn how to tap out and what's what's appropriate and all of that boys need because they don't get to do that they don't roll around the, the floor with their mums much because it's just right. not natural for us to do that yeah yes. martial arts jiu-jitsu judo mma all of that mm-hmm. we find boys thrive on that they love it Mm. And they're less likely to roll around the playground at school if they're doing it in a more contained, safe environment Mm -hmm. regularly. You
1: are giving us so much hope and I wish you all the best in moving into this foundation so you can spread the word even more quickly around the globe, because this, this is a global issue. It's not just limited to... America and the UK and Canada yes. and Australia. Yeah.
2: It is a global, a global issue. Nation. Yes, yeah. So it affects man. everyone around the world in every community. We definitely
1: need to address it. And you are in a, such a beautiful way. Sonia, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Thanks for having me, it's been a pleasure. That was so inspiring. If you found value in this episode, Please share it with a friend. And as always, we appreciate you supporting our sponsors, allowing us to bring you guests like this and to do these inspiring, impactful interviews. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for joining us.